Sometimes it's not the idea of a business that is hard, but it's the implementation that holds a lot of people back. Today, you are going to hear how one aspiring and motivated woman went from an industrial engineer turned stay-at-home mom turned perfumer. This is such a cool story. Elida Dodd started her career as an industrial engineer where she spent many years in healthcare, logistics, and supply chain management. Now she uses her engineering and chemistry background to create intricate perfumes. You'll learn about the many hurdles she encountered and her best advice for business owners. If you need a little kick in the pants to get started on that idea you have, this is the episode for you. Hey there, sister. Welcome to the Social Media for Mompreneurs podcast. I'm your host, Allison Scholes, and I am on a mission to help mompreneurs like you ditch the Instagram overwhelm and take control of your time on the app and build an extraordinary brand and business, but still be fully present with your family and just be crazy happy with your life. This show is filled with Instagram strategies, marketing hacks, branding and business tips with a side of coffee and Jesus. If you're ready for some juicy content, you know what to do. Hand your kiddos those tablets, open those juice boxes, grab your coffee, whiskey, or wine, and let's dive in. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the show. And today, I am really excited to introduce to you, her name is Elida, and I find that her story is so intriguing, and I can't wait to hear her story, and I want to make sure that I shared her story, not only her story, but her journey from going from a career as an industrial engineer, which that blows me away, to a perfumer. So Elida, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's so great to be here. So great. I am so happy that you're here. And I know that I think, well, I think that your story is just going to be very um, motivational and inspiring to either the listeners or the viewers. And I have like some really interesting questions for you, but before I jump into these questions, tell us how you went from being an industrial engineer to a business owner, specifically a perfumer. Is that what your title or is that what people call you a perfumer? Yes. There's a a journey in there because first I decided to become a full-time mom and it was a little bit hard, I have to say, because it was almost like I really and totally went um, head right in. I had my first child and I was thinking there's no way I can leave him and everything worked out so that I just said, that's it. You know, I, I, it's not even like I love and adore this job that it's going to make me leave my child for so many hours. So like uh, 18 months later, they called me back and I, I started doing consulting for that. And I used to work for, the, for a hospital, for a hospital here in Miami. It's actually one of the biggest hospitals in the country. It's kind of like its own world. So it was a fascinating um, job. I love uh, being an industrial engineer because I got to do a lot of change throughout the hospital and implement new ways of doing things. And that was amazing. So I stayed home for a little while and then I went back to the hospital to do consulting work and I eventually went into doing my own consulting. So I started doing engineering consulting for another hospital here in Miami that was a little closer to my house. Just, you just start kind of, you know, simplifying when you, when you become a mom. 
And then eventually they wanted me to come work full time. And I said, you know, I, I don't want to do full time. So I started just, I just stayed home with my kids for a few years. But what happened in between was that when I got pregnant with my first child, I had that morning sickness where you can't stand smells. Yes. And I was the person who would basically spritz perfume from head to toe. And all of a sudden I couldn't smell anything. I was anything, but it wasn't just perfume. It was everything, shampoo, soap, detergent, everything, everything that had a smell. I could even smell other people's smells, good and bad. And I was like, I can't do this. So I stopped wearing perfume. And, you know, of course, morning morning sickness goes away. And I thought, okay, I'm going to wear perfume again. And I I really, honestly, I couldn't. It was very overwhelming for me. So, so many years passed. And I always wanted, I would go to the stores and be like, I want to find that perfume that just, I that awesome thing that you just put at the end and you're ready to go and walk out the door. And I couldn't find it. And uh, my son was 12 years old and we went to London on a trip and we were going to have tea at Fort Norman Mason. And uh, when we went, I realized that it wasn't just this amazing tea place, but it was also a store. And one of their floors was a beauty floor. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to go. And I was just drawn immediately to going to the fragrances and going to see, is there anything here that I can wear? We're in Europe. Maybe I'll find something, right? And um, I I told the lady all my woes about perfume and how I couldn't. She's like, you know, why don't you come with me? There's a lot of famous designers that work with natural materials. And I was like, really? And she said, yes. So she went, she took me and I grew up on a farm in Nicaragua. We did everything from scratch. My grandmother, my mom, all our food, everybody's a great chef. We all cook with, you know, all these great things. My, my grandmother would always be making like little, I would call them potions, you know, for, for, for whatever remedy or ailment you had that she'd be like, okay, here's the remedy for whatever. So I was, I was, I was used to kind of that. I loved it. And I, I started seeing that some of those ingredients, I'm like, I know this. I've used this for this or this for that. And I'm like, people make perfumes from this and they're famous and they're here in this store that it's so nice. So it just kind of like, I started thinking about it and I'm like, hmm, maybe I could do something like that. Hmm. And that's it. My wheels just kind of started turning. I came back to the United States and I looked for some books and started doing a little research, but that's kind of where it stayed, which is one of the things that I would love to address with your audience, because sometimes we stay in that dreaming phase for way too long. And that's really kind of how it went. I never thought, oh, I'm going to be a perfumer <laughs> someday. You know, I want to, um, I'll, I'll love to do that. But it just, it was almost a need that I'm like, I want to find that bottle of perfume that I'm going to finish, that I'm going to love it from beginning to end. Because in between, I would buy perfume, but two days later, I'd be like, mom, do you want this bottle of perfume? Because I can't stand it anymore. And she'd be like, oh yeah, give it to me. I love it. <laughs> so, and that's how it was. That's, that's uh, really what led me to becoming a perfumer and to just wanting to create that beautiful bottle that was not overwhelming and that I didn't want to give it away after two days. I love that. And I, 
I can definitely relate to the morning sickness. I couldn't stand the pretty hand soaps that had the fragrance in them. I had to throw them all away. I, I couldn't take it. I couldn't use them at all. And I definitely agree with you when it comes to like beautiful fragrances. I want something that's a little light and not overwhelming to the nose. And then like, you feel like you've just been drenched in it, but really all you did was like a small little um, squirt of it. But take us back to the idea phase of your perfumes. You were talking about staying in like this dream state. Was that one of the major hurdles for you to getting over the idea phase or was there something else that was a hurdle? Are you thinking about writing a book? I'm thinking about writing a book, but mentally, I just put it off until the near future. Most entrepreneurs out there have been thinking about writing a book, but less than 1% of them ever will. Fortunately, I won't be one of them thanks to the book writing blueprint. The book writing blueprint is everything I need to take my ideas out of my head and begin to structure and write my book using the simple three by three by three system. I even have access to other aspiring authors and bonus modules on author mindset, book topic selection, and editing. And you have access to the book writing blueprint. It's time to stop dreaming and procrastinating about your book and start putting pen to paper and publish your book. With the book writing blueprint, you will gain confidence in your writing, develop your book concept in an outline, and then into writing actual chapters so you can finish a full first draft. And you'll write a book that has the power to change lives and leave a legacy that will travel with you through the years. Head to jessiebuyerinternational.com forward slash Allison to get started and outline your next bestseller in less than 60 minutes. You can also grab the link in the show notes. So... It's kind of funny because a lot of these things happen very, you don't really know it's happening. It's kind of in the background, right? Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, I'll get to it. But I'm so busy, you know, as moms, we're so we're juggling a million things all the time. So you're like, oh yeah, I'd, oh yeah, someday I'll do it. And um, yes, and you don't know how long time time goes by. And the funniest thing that I realized later that we have all these beliefs very just deep down in our brains that if we're not aware of that I think it's what sometimes we never those dreams never come to fruition and I realized so then what happened was that three years later we went to Ireland and we were going to do this amazing uh, road trip and I was mapping out where we were going to be and in my research I found that there was this perfumery and in the middle of nowhere. I mean, really, it was not on the way. It was not in any of the major cities, but it was talked about in a few travel books. I actually went to the to the bookstore to to just get some ideas. And I was like, well, this is interesting. We should maybe stop by there. And not really knowing what I was gonna encounter. I had no expectations. I just thought it was pretty cool. This is there's this brand perfumery. Let's go. So we made it a point and we, and we stopped by. And when we did, it was funny because the roads in Ireland are really narrow, but this road specifically was so narrow that even our small car was having trouble fitting on the road. So just to get there was a complete, it was an adventure because at some point we had to pass a tractor and we're like, how are we going to do this? Because there is no way. 
We made it. And when we got there, the parking lot was really unassuming. And um, it's, but it's just kind of, you almost get there and it's almost like, oh, this is, there's something there that just kind of draws you in. And it wasn't just a shop, we realized they had a little cafe. And uh, right when we enter, there's this, there's this sign that says, perfume tour, 3 p.m. And I looked at my husband and I was like, all right, we're staying for the perfume tour. So in the meantime, let's go to the cafe. And we get to the cafe and everything that they have, it's from their garden. And the menu, it's five items and it's written in this beautiful handwriting with, you know, lettering, like brush lettering. And I was just like, all right, guys, there's four of us, there's five items, one each, and then let's just see what else is here. And um, we get to the tour, to the perfume tour, and they start telling us how, how much care they take in making that everything that goes on, everything in that packaging is done in that, in, uh, on site. So they formulate, they bottle, they package, they ship, everything happens here. And then they have their gardens and their cafe and their shop. And she's basically giving us a whole tour. And she looks at us and she's like, and there's only 30 of us. And it was so funny because I looked at my husband and I was like, 30? I can do that. And he looks at me and he says, um, 30 is a lot of people. And I, was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, that, that's, and that's when I realized that in my head, being able to produce a, a perfume was gonna take assembly lines and robots and hundreds of people and Chanel and this incredible production. And yes, I'm an engineer. I had been in those kinds of facilities and that's what I thought it took to do that. So in that moment was such a light bulb moment for me because yes, 30, it's a lot. And sometimes I'm like, I remember I'm like, uh, yeah, I do the work of 30. <laughs> it, it feels like that. But aside from that, it was that art of possibility. I don't know if you, there's a book that's called The Art of What's Possible or The Art of Possibility. I've actually never read it. My brother loves to quote it. But it's when that somebody shows you what's possible. And I think we all need that at some point in our lives, just for that person or that someone to show us what's possible. And then we can see it, right? Which is, of course, what we want to do for our kids. We want to show them what's possible in their lives. And we want to be an example to them because we want them to have that role model. But we really, all of us need that even as adults. So for me, that moment was crucial. And I and and also it was almost like a little, it was solving the puzzle, what just looking back, obviously, right? Three years had gone by and really I had just sort of stayed there in that spinning my wheels, like, oh yeah, someday I'll do that. But that moment when I saw I could actually do this, then I came back to the United States and it's like everything just started going. It's like, I knew it, I knew I could, so having that fierce conviction that you can do it, it's really what propels you forward. You need that because then no matter what, I had no idea how I was actually going to be able to get this to market, but in my heart, I'm like, I can do it. So that was, you know, that was really, that was it. I love that. And it sounds to me that your major hurdle might've been, and I'm sure we all do this. We 
immediately overcomplicate it in our heads before we even give it a try. And I know I have been guilty of that. I mean, it took me a, you know, a while to like, am I really going to do a podcast show? I overcomplicated it in my head, but really, like you said, you just, you had to be inspired and you needed someone to kind of show you what's possible. So I think that's really important for the audience to understand is there are people out there that will show you what's possible, but we also have to work with our own minds and not over complicate it. And I think that's just kind of moms in general. We do that because we wear so many hats in our lives and our life can be so complicated as it is running a family and a business and kids. So when it comes to that idea or almost that purpose, that's kind of driving you, we overcomplicate it. And we just need to kind of just tell ourselves it's not complicated. Because really, we can do anything that we put our minds to it. And that really is true, for sure. (laughs) Absolutely, 100%. And I want to be an advocate for that, that we really, no matter how far-fetched our dreams can be, because to be honest, it's funny, I always get the same reaction, like, a perfumer? How do you do do that? Like, how do you even go? Because it's kind of a far-fetched idea, but just like for somebody else, something else is that. So absolutely, I think um, I think that's the number one thing that I would like to say is that anything it's possible. You just really have to have the conviction that you can and keep things simple because I also, I mean, no matter how much I know that, I have to remind myself in everything, you know, that was a big thing, the launch, right? How do you go from, from nothing to a launch? Mm-hmm. And then a million other things that are not as big, sometimes we can complicate them. Yes, for sure. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Now, what do you suggest to someone who's listening or watching who has so many ideas, especially product-based? Would you, like, they don't even know where to start. What is your best advice for them? Really be very clear with priorities, I think. With and, and not just priorities, but if you have different, just different product, when you say different product ideas, I don't know if you mean completely different ideas or within a line, like let's say me, I could do perfume, I could do a, a, a body oil, I could do this, I could do that. So within the same line, definitely narrow down, uh, I would say you have to narrow it down to one. And then you could have it all, just not all at the same time. You have to really go because otherwise you will be, and it's very, it's overwhelming. So, and then there's less chance, I think, of actually, unless you have an army of people behind you, I think there's less chance of, of actually becoming um, successful in your, with your idea, right? And what I mean with success is not making millions of dollars, but actually getting that idea into a product. If you have different, and then same deal, if you have just different products that are completely different, I would say you have to pick first one and pick, I think pick something that really, it costs your heart because then you're more invested in that rather than just, you know, oh, I'm gonna do this because X or Y. Uh, and then, you know, go from there. There's a big, huge learning curve in bringing a product to market. No, I imagine that no matter what product it is, but there's there's just so much 
that you don't even think about. So it's not just about making the perfume, right? It's not just about learning how to formulate. And for me, I, I think it was a little bit easy. There's a lot of math behind perfume making. I can't even tell you, which was funny <laughs> to me because I was thinking, wow, thank goodness I'm an engineer because how do people do this that let's say don't like numbers or something and I'm sure and yes it's totally possible because you will find someone that will give clarity to your to your numbers but um the spreadsheet behind the formula it's um it's big it, there's a lot of uh of you know of math in there and it's precise and then not only that then you have to also make sure that you're within limits for safety so the safety standards that are in place here in the United States are different than the ones in Europe. The ones in Europe are, are more strict and I wanted to formulate to those standards. And so I have to make sure that not only is my formula within the range that I wanted, but I also then have to make sure that those ranges are not going above those safety limits. So, so you know, there's a lot of math in there and that was, so. It was, but it's not just about the formulation of the perfume. Then there's, everything else in the packaging of a perfume and getting that perfume to market. So, um, so I would say just narrow, narrow your, your idea. And then once you have that learning curve, you can definitely use that to your advantage. But I think narrowing down our choices, it's, we'll have a better chance of actually um, getting there. Yeah, so get really good at the one thing and then once you've nailed it, then you have the possibilities to expand your line or expand your ideas. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. So a couple quick questions before we end here. What is your favorite fragrance? What have you created that is your absolute favorite? <laughs> I was going to say mine. So speaking of narrowing down, I started with one and I launched in July of last year. So I am now getting to start on something different. So I'm, I'm formulating a room fragrance for an Italian store at the moment. And then I'm going to move on to, uh, to a fragrance that's um, so scent. It's, uh, it's not feminine or masculine. It's really, you know, from the ancient times, people, people would really, anyone can use it, except that marketing, modern marketing has geared more fragrances towards men or women. So the other one that I have, it's my favorite (laughs) (laughs) and it's called Ever Present. And I love it because I wanted to bottle something that brought us back to the lightheartedness of what we knew before COVID. And I also wanted to bottle something that that just made us aware of the beauty that surrounds us, that's always there. And I think before 2020, we would just kind of pass it by, right? And it was just right in front of us. I can tell you, I'll walk around my neighborhood and I have roses and I have, um, I have, I have, my neighbor has an Ilang Ilang tree that's absolutely amazing when it's in bloom. And there's jasmine right outside my house. And I wanted to bottle that simplicity, that beauty, it's in simplicity. And um, what I did is that I picked a lot of those, uh, I picked a lot of citruses that reminded me of those carefree days, those days that we could just be lighthearted and free and enjoy a day outside without just 
go outside and have a fresh squeezed lemonade, which my mom would always do for us. So I put a lot of citruses in there. I use this beautiful flower from the orange tree that's called neroli. And I used a tiny bit of jasmine. And then for when you formulate with natural materials, you have to play around with the top, middle, and base notes for longevity. Because a commercial perfume has fixatives in there, that that's why they're a little bit stronger and they last longer. So when you do natural materials, you have to work with what you have in order to play out for that longevity and also for them, obviously, to play well with each other. So for the basis, which is what gives it that longevity, I used this South American wood that's called copaiba. It's very grounding. I used a tiny bit of vanilla as an accent note. And so those woods that, that almost feel like they're just giving you this big, huge hug, like, come here, I've got you. <laughs> and, and that's what it is. It's a very light perfume. It's very fun and playful. And um, it's got a little bit of everything, a little bit of citrus, a little bit of flowers, and some woods to um, give you the, the grounding and the base. I love that. And I can't wait to link that in the show notes for the audience. So thank you again for being on the show. Where can we connect with you online? You could find me on my website. It's uh, www.marbella, like the city in Spain, marbellaperfumes.com or on Instagram at marbellaperfumes. And yeah, you could also email me if you have a question and it's um, elida at marbellaperfumes.com. All right. I'll make sure everything's in the show notes. And Aleda, thank you so much for being on today. This was such a cool conversation. Thank you so much for having me. It was great being here.